And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go. Welcome, everybody. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Glad to have you all with us. I see Keely and Dave in the chat already. We are live broadcasting to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. I see Manny. I see Alois. You're going to have to tell me how to pronounce that. I want to make sure I get that right. Those of you who are not with us live, you're still welcome just as much as everyone else. You can leave a comment. If you're listening to this as a podcast, we're available on a number of different podcast players, but we do invite you to join us for the live show over on our video platforms. Lots going on because today is the Disney Investor Day call is going on right now as we speak. It is happening. We are looking at it. We're monitoring it because it's, it's funny how these things kind of time out because today... The Obi-Wan Kenobi social media started to go a little active. The Twitter and the Instagram now have posts on them. They're active. They're live. You can see them. Because Entertainment Weekly dropped the first images from Obi-Wan Kenobi from the April edition of the magazine. He's got a new outfit. He's got the same lightsaber, and he's got a very stern look. He will be having words with someone. Uh, Keely says, Lorena is uh, has some interest in that because she's a Disney shareholder. I, I, I've seen a couple of different YouTubers that have mentioned that they are... Disney shareholders, and I think Robert, who frequently shows up here, is also a Disney shareholder. Uh, but the timing of this uh, has a lot of people speculating because now that we've got their social media active, on the same day we've got the Disney investor call, it is likely we might, maybe, possibly get a trailer. Maybe. Not holding my breath, but, you know, things happen. You never know. So we're going to keep an eye on that. In the meantime, we have something that's very, very, very important. Um, <laughs> and I have to start with an acknowledgement that I have failed all of you. And I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit about that uh, after this. So, so yesterday afternoon, I got the chance to talk to Eric and Julia Leewald. Now, the, Eric was the story editor, and Julia was a writer 
on the original classic X-Men animated series that ran from 1992 to 1997 over on Fox Kids, which no longer exists. And in the course of that conversation, which I will play for you here momentarily, we talked about a number of different things. And you'll see the conversation when it, as it plays out. There's no editing. It's, it's, here's the entire conversation. And I have failed in a fairly significant way. I'm not going to tell you how yet, because I want you to watch the I want you to watch the intro, the 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 conversation, the interview, and see if you can spot where I made a grievous error. Because I was having a conversation with Mrs. Boss of afterwards, and just, you know, how did it go? It was all this when we were talking about it, and she asked me a question, which made me realize the significance of the error that I committed. I'm not going to tell you what it was. See if you can figure that out. But in the meantime, yes, we are uh, we are monitoring the investor call, the the annual meeting of shareholders uh, call that's going on right now uh, over at the Walt Disney Company, and who knows what's going to happen, right? Considering that uh, the the legislation in Florida is a really big thing right now, we've got the memo from Bob Chapek that's come out, and I'm sure. I'm sure that that's going to be a topic of conversation to be addressed today. Uh, I, I, I understand that Mr. Chapek is going to speak at some point. Susan Arnold has already made some opening comments, uh, the chairman of the board. And the memo that went out from Bob Chapek probably had her eyes on it first. So, you know, as, as Cameron Posh has, has pointed out, uh, it is very likely that she's on board with whatever whatever plan that he's got uh, going. So um, we'll see what happens there. All right, Mandy says, Fox Kids and Kids WB were my childhood. Yeah, um, I was, uh, let's see, 92, I was 22. So I, I, I still appreciated it. Um, but it was not, you know, you're off to college and doing other things and, and chasing the grown up stuff. And, and so I didn't, I didn't see a lot of the series, but I am running through it with Mrs. Boss. Now we're catching up on the animated X-Men series and it still holds up. Uh, so, so, okay. So we're going to take a very quick break. I'm going to set this thing up here and push some buttons. When we get <laughs> when we get back, okay. So Horatio Gutierrez is talking now. He's the senior executive vice president and general counsel and secretary. He's the he's the legal guy. So uh, so I would imagine that the Florida legislation is probably their first order of business. Just to get it out of the way. Because I actually I actually admire what Chapek has said in his memo, basically saying we're not going to be a political company anymore. I mean, it's a very it's a very distinct difference in approach from when Bob Iger's Walt Disney Company threatened to take all of their business out of Georgia over that over the the abortion law from a couple of years ago. And now you've got the Walt Disney Company. You've got Bob Chapek sitting there saying 
we're not going to we're not going to advocate like this. We donate to both sides because we need the access. And yes, there are con- there are conversations to be had. But he's he's being fairly smart in how he's approaching it because, like he says, any kind of position that they take is is fodder for ugliness. My words, not his. But anyway, all right. So th- so there is that. We're keeping an eye out. Hopefully, we get us a, a an Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. Uh, and uh, and we can share that with you. Coming up on Saturday, of course, we will have our Salacious Crumbs segment as part of Good Morning Multiverse. That's going to, uh, that covers all of our Star Wars news, and then we drop it by itself on Sundays. So if we've got a Kenobi trailer, maybe we'll be able to talk about it. So, all right. We are going to take a very quick break. Now, we're going to come back with the interview, which is pre-recorded. So the, those of you who are here with us live, I'm going to monitor the chat and we're going to, we'll be able to, to talk. But uh, we're, we don't have a live Q&A with, with Eric and Julia because we recorded this yesterday. So that's the setup. We're going to take a real quick break so I can push some buttons and we'll be right back. SciFiForMe.com where all of us have sacred identities. Sci-Fi For Me is about to take you on an incredible journey into the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. Conventions and fandom. Previews and reviews of movies and television. Sci-Fi For Me is working to be the most popular science fiction magazine in the solar system. Subscribe now and enter the fantastic world of Sci-Fi For Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Live from the bunker-ish, it is uh, it is one of those experiences that you don't uh, you don't get very often, but you get to brag about later. We get to talk about talk to some people that were there back in the day and are coming back. And uh, back in back in uh, November during the Disney Investor Day, we learned that we were getting X Men '97, and everybody went, "Wait, what?" And now as details come out, uh, we're finding out more about it. Of course, a lot of it can't talk about yet. But joining us today to uh, to tell us all of the things they can't talk about, Eric and Julia Leewald, who are uh, back, were involved in the original show and are now, uh, uh, I guess, involved, we could say, uh, as consultants for the new show. Welcome, Welcome to the program. Glad to have you. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks so much for inviting us. Thanks, Jason. So I guess my first question, uh, I guess more for Eric, but Julia, you have you have ideas on this because y'all have both done this. How complicated is it to develop a show based on an existing IP? Because you have, you know, years and years of history of the X-Men Somebody says, "Hey, I've got this idea. Let's make it into a TV show. Let's make it into a cartoon. Let's do a let's do a movie or whatnot." And these days, 
we come across so many different news items about books that haven't even been published yet that are already getting movie deals. And I'm thinking, how do you how do you go about doing that sort of thing? And then, you know, the challenges of making it kid friendly because, you know, doing the show for kid, for Fox Kids What's the process for finding an intellectual property that you want to adapt and then convincing somebody to let you do it? Uh, well, those are, those are a couple of, in our case, a couple of different questions. Uh, majority of the work we got uh, over the years, over the decades of, of working in out here in Hollywood for mostly for animated television was uh, jobs for hire, like, like the X-Men job. It wasn't like, you know, one of us decided, hey, let, we could we could pitch the X Men to the to the networks. People have been, uh, especially uh, the one, Margaret Lesh, who was at the time president of Fox Kids, had been wanting to get an X Men show on the air for ten years, mm-hmm. and it was just a case of getting the financing together and finding a place that would play it. Odd, it's so odd to think about now, but in the '80s when she was pitching the show. Um, the three networks that existed at the time, ABC, NBC, and CBS, had no interest. It's, oh, you know, this comic book stuff won't work. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's some geeks in their basements. This is not our kids' uh, audience. We we won't get a tenth the biggest as big an audience as we need for for a popular show. And no one knows who the X Men are. Right. Which so in nineteen <laughs> so in that nineteen ninety two in February nineteen ninety two when we got the opportunity to do this job. It's, it's astounding to think back, but 30 years ago, there was really no practical internet whatsoever. Right. Uh, there, and re- really, we were told when develop the X-Men, but when you're developing it, plan on 85% of our audience not to know who they are or what the comic book is, or you know, they were not part of popular culture. So in that way, it was a little easier, even though this was a very successful comic and had 25, 30 years of stories behind it, uh, there wasn't the expectation. Marvel was a much smaller company. It was, it was a comic book company in New York um, that within a few years was was struggling with bankruptcy. It was not a large place, had not had any real success in, had no movies, had no real success, serious success in TV. They'd have occasional attempts at it and they'd been okay, but they hadn't really satisfied the comic book uh, people that loved the comics that right. were adapted in the past. So expectations back in 92, when we were hired on, were really very low. Uh, I mean, or just there, there, there wasn't uh, uh, a, you know, the social network of hundreds of millions of Marvel fans anticipating every detail about what's your show going to be like. There, there was none of that. It was simply in our case, uh, Fox decided this could be a great show, made a deal with Marvel, so Marvel was happy. Uh, believe it or not, Marvel didn't even have final say on what was in the scripts, or you know, uh, it, it, but it was basically a Fox show. So they were happy that somebody was going to pay them a, a, a modest fee to, to use one of their comic book properties. And in our case, it was a case of simply the people at Fox hired me, not because I knew much of anything about the X-Men, I really didn't. In February '92, when I was hired, you know, given this job, uh, it was because I'd had done previous series with them, animation series like uh, A Year of Beetlejuice, as a showrunner, as a showrunner for Story them, editor. and as for the the senior executive at Fox, Sydney I want her. I spent a year with him just developing series. 
that was just the, the, the entirety of the job was coming up with, you know, five new series a week. You know, and but so that was, a... that was years ago. It was a, it's a small company called TMS, a Japanese animation company. So the reason I found myself suddenly faced with the idea of how do you, you know, develop the show? A, they were counting on me for my storytelling ability, not from any sort of knowledge about the X-Men or expertise or, or fan involvement with the X-Men. So that was, so my, I wasn't that worried about, about would I fit with the canon? We had a, a number of people, especially the art side, really knew the X-Men well. And we had a couple of advisors from Marvel that were walking dictionaries that if we had a question, well, would Storm do this? Or is this in Wolverine's character? I could call up uh, no emails or I could fax a question. <laughs> that was the high tech of the time uh, to, 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 to help me. But so the pressure wasn't so much uh, living up to expectations or how do you, you know, how in the world do you make this world work? It was more like looking at the characters and the comic stories as source material, as if, say, it were um, uh, Sherlock Holmes and Watson and said, okay, you've got to do a new Sherlock Holmes series. Dozens of people have been given that job over the last 50 years. Um, you, you, read the, you read the books, you get a sense of the characters, and then if you're asked to come up with primarily new stuff, we did, but we tried to pepper it with bits and pieces from the existing comics from uh, uh so so that so that it would feel like we were part of that world we didn't we didn't none of the people on the writing side had an agenda that they wanted to change x-men in any way um the people that with the most intense agendas were the few on the writing staff that were actually fans you know they 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 they'd look oh my god i have a chance to tell an x-men story there are you know, 300 details that I need to jam into the first page because I love them so much. Yeah. So that was that was where the sometimes some of the issues in the writing came from. But as far as those of us that that came to it more from a TV writing uh, perspective than from an X-Men loving standpoint, it wasn't that different a, 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 an assignment from any other pre-existing uh, uh Property. You just read as much of it as you could and used what you loved and set aside what you didn't think, either that you didn't like or that you thought, well, that worked great in the comic, but it won't really work in a TV show. It's slightly different craft yeah. where, you know, comics are kind of static. You know, half of the dialogue is internal. There's just, you know, ways of writing comics that can make for a really compelling comic book, but just wouldn't work you know, in television writing. So it was more thinking, how do we tell really intense TV stories given this world we've been handed rather than how do we uh, adapt the world or how do we illustrate the world? We are starting from thinking of a TV show and then cherry picking versus the reverse. So you mentioned agendas, uh, and that's something that I, I was kind of holding back for, for later, but now you've, you've kicked open the door. There are some people uh, who have expressed some concern, given the track record of the various different reboots of lots of different shows. Uh, uh, Masters of the Universe comes to mind. Uh, She-Ra and the Princess of Power, or whatever, whatever that new one was that they did over on Netflix. There's a lot of remakes 
that have disappointed, let's say, uh, the diehard fans. And a lot of it has to do with how the source material was was dealt with, you know, the approach, to, you know, are we respecting the source material? Are we faithful to this? Are we changing it for current era, modern day political representation type of thing? You know, there's there's those questions and those concerns about how are they going to screw this one up? You know, and, <laughs> and it's and it can there's are there are people who say sit there and say, you know, all of these different ones, they've made these remakes and these reboots and they're not they're not consistent. They're not respectful of what came before. And now you've got X-Men 97 that's coming in here 30, 30 years pr after the original. And mm -hmm. we're looking at the designs and, you know, the characters look like they did back in the day. There's a, there's a little bit of minor tweaks and adjustments, you know, cosmetically. But some people have some concerns that this is going to get politicized. How do you avoid that kind of thing? Are those concerns for you two? Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, in speaking to anything that anyone has ever loved, and someone comes along and decides to reboot, reset, remake, whatever. They, I, oh, by the way, it's, it's not a reboot. It's a continuation. That's right. It's a sequel. That's, that's, a, a, that's a very a important that's point. It's a crucial point. These This massive group of really creative folks that are the heart and soul of this new show are not looking to reinvent the wheel. They're Correct. looking to continue what we did in the nineties. So that's one distinction. Yes. I mean, a lot of people would start off saying, well, let's, let's come up with our version of what we right. would have done with the X-Men. That isn't, that isn't their attitude. Their attitude is we love the original out of respect for the original. Our stories are going to start continuing basically from what, where we ended the previous series so and they don't see a, they don't see a break and they don't see a creative change of focus doesn't mean correct. that there aren't going to be you know you know new points of view coming from creative people sure but, but that actually that's, you that's know, a starting point yeah, yeah but the fact that it's point. a continuation it kind of highlights and and even heightens this concern we got to get this right please don't screw it up please don't screw it up it was like yeah. ghostbusters afterlife when oh, right. we first found out that that they were even making this thing, it was like, oh, I hope it's not another Ghostbusters 2016. You know, we we don't want something that doesn't respect the source material. And, and and you get a you get a wide range of opinions and people who got different expectations of the things that they want out of this. How do you manage all of that? Going back a mere five years ago, <laughs> simply a move just five years ago to 20, 2017. First book. Uh, X Men wrapped in 1997. We've gone on, each of us and together, to work on, showrun, write for over 40 different animated series. Back in 2017, I kind of was poking him saying, no one's celebrating X Men because when X-Men wrapped, Marvel was falling apart financially. They were going into bankruptcy, rights were sold off. Yeah. There was no sort of home base. Like I'll always say, Star Trek has Paramount Studios. Batman has Warner Brothers Studios. X-Men, the animated, didn't have anybody sort of cheering for them. And an anniversary was coming up and I said, Eric, no, you know, if we don't celebrate the show, it may not get celebrated at all. So Eric took it upon himself and came up with 
what we consider the definitive and so far only oral history of the making of the show called mm. Previously on X-Men. When this book came out, it never occurred to us that there were other people out there who felt strongly about the show. We didn't know. And, and then we, 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 didn't went to, know. we went to cons and we found out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just, you start doing the arithmetic of the people that grew up on the show and, and, and think of it fondly and still watch it. 30 years later, and it was hundreds of millions of people, which is know. which is incredibly humbling. When we were doing it, it was just kind of our our day job. You know, it was just okay. We've got a certain amount of scripts we need to get out by the end of the month, and look, we're going. And when we're done with this, we'll go on to the next one. It's one of those things that somehow all the magic came together, and it became the show for lots and lots of people. The yeah. way it, you know, a, a song or the way a band or what. You know, it became the thing for you when you're growing up. And so we started discovering this at cons, that there was a huge you know, ocean of people out there that still cared about the show and still watched the show. What, you know, they had the DVDs or you know, had friends that had made recordings or whatever. Long before it showed up again on Disney Plus, people yeah. were still celebrating the yeah. show and we, didn't, we hadn't known. But, but I'll, 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 give, I'll give you an, uh, a... Uh, what I think is an example of what we hope for for, for X-Men 97, because obviously we have high hopes for it. We, we uh, want, it's, we're part of the legacy, it's part of our lives. So we want it to do as well as possible. Mm -hmm. When we were asked to do the X-Men animated series, there was, it was 30 years after uh, uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee came up with the original comic. Mm -hmm. And in the interim, uh, about a dozen years after they came up with the original and it, it, it kind of stopped and failed, there was a reinvention uh, of it with mm -hmm. new characters and a new tone in the mid-70s um, and with new writers and, and it became more adult and more international. And, it, there was, and so there was an evolution within the X-Men books uh, that, that happened during that time. But I like to look at it what's happening now is kind of like when we got this, we're given this assignment, we were all in our thirties and we were all eager and excited to, to take this thing that had the, that had some place in the world and make it as good as we could. Mm -hmm. And fingers crossed, you know, the people that did the books would like and respect what we did, you know, that we, that was, that meant a great deal to us. But if, you know, if they didn't, you know, we, just that we'd have to do the show that we'd have to do. Right. You hand it to him. We, mm -hmm. I couldn't channel uh, a 30 something year old Stan Lee in my head. I just had to do the show, you know, the show that, that meant something to me. Well, we're hope we fight, kind of feel like we're the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. It's you know, the people that did fun. the show that, that, that did our show are now in our sixties. What? At, except for Julia, she's so much younger. So we're in our sixties. And we're looking at these people that are doing the new show who are all in their thirties. Yeah. And we're seeing ourselves 30 years ago, having been like handing the torch, like, okay, let's see what you can do with it. And there's always the possibility they may take it in a, in a direct, you know, weird direction that, that we don't care for the fans don't care for. You know, that's, I, I think it's much harder to, 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 to take something with that is, popular and do something new or an extension of it than just doing the original uh luckily we weren't 
we, we were young and stupid and weren't worried about it when we did ours. We didn't realize how many people we could have disappointed if we'd done oh, the show, show poorly. Well, at that, at that point, though, I mean, the audience, like like Julia said, the audience back then was not like what you have now. I mean, you have millions of people worldwide who enjoy the Marvel movies. Now, caveat to that is you still only have maybe fifty to 100,000 people who read comic books these days. I mean, the, the, the niche market for comic books has gotten so small and so... Uh, esoteric almost where yeah and, and we've talked about this for for years how marvel is missing out on an opportunity to put comic books in the movie theater lobby say hey you enjoyed thor here's his comic book and and it was like this is a no-brainer for us why isn't marvel thinking about it but the the general consensus is that the studios don't really care about the comic book publisher except nice. as a as a ip farm you know, we're making our money with the movies and that I don't want to say lack of respect, but that lack of continuity between the characters we're seeing on screen and the characters that are in the pages of the books yeah. has some people a little bit concerned. And, and, OK, well, is this going to is this going to line up? Because if I'm watching an X-Men cartoon and then I go to read the X-Men and it's a completely different kind of story, it's a completely different team. It's a completely different tone and the kind, you know, the, the, the messaging or whatever else that's in the books, there's that disconnect. And, you know, we, we've seen, cause Allison court, for example, who played Jubilee to begin with in the, in the original, she's back in the cast, but she's not playing Jubilee. She said, you know, somebody who's uh, uh, a Chinese American should be playing that role. A lot of people don't care about that, but they see that and they think, Oh, that's how this is going to go. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm in that camp, but the, the, there have been too many times where these shows have disappointed now. And if that does happen, what do you guys do? I mean, how much, how, cause you're there as consultants, you, you're, you're there along with Larry and, uh, you've said in the past, you're there to raise the red flags. Yes. Where and, does the red flag get thrown? How yeah, much? Well, how much leeway is there? <laughs> on November 12, twenty one, <laughs> Disney Plus announced the production of X Men ninety seven. <laughs> we have been brought on board as consulting producers, together with original producer director Larry Houston from the X Men animated series. And beyond that, we have no comment. <laughs> except, <laughs> except, except we do. Uh, yeah. A, a, a bit. We don't, you know, it's, I mean, we really believe me, appreciate beyond what we can tell you, the fact that we've been hired on as consultants. Yeah. Oh that's, my gosh. that's a that huge really thing. It does not happen out here. Yeah. Usually it's, if it's five years later and some new team doing, doing it, they don't want even to pick up the phone call from the people that worked on something before, no matter how successful the first one was. Yes. So we're, we're jazzed about that. But we don't have any illusions. The people that are making the creative decisions now, I mean, you know, Marvel is such a huge place and it's the new show and it's their show. Um, you know, they may, and, and uh, it, it may turn out that they take it in a direction that we wouldn't have. In that, I mean, uh, we, and we don't, we can 
we we can discuss that with them. But in the end of the day, you know, we can. It, it's it's not. We aren't making the creative. I mean, we weren't making all the creative decisions in 1992. It was really collaborative. That's, I mean, it's we, a collaborative. We were thing. working for we were working for the the people at Fox. Right. If any of the people Marvel. above us at at Fox had been a different person, the show would have been incredibly different. I mean, I mean, our uh, our main executive there, Sydney Iwander, was a like the incarnation of a crazed nine year old boy. Yes. And so, one of the reasons the show is so much fun. And is so intense and is so fast paced is because of Sydney. If he had, if any of the other executives we worked with, and we've worked with like a dozen different ones at the networks, anybody else had been the executive, the show probably wouldn't have been as exciting and fun as it was. We had a wonderful um, uh, broadcast. broadcast standards and sensor yeah. woman who, if she said, take out 80% of all that. Uh, uh, action and excitement that you're throwing in your scripts, we would have just had to say, and, and none of this kissy kissy stuff among the, uh, the the leads, we would have just had to cut it out. Avery I mean, Coburn, she deserves credit. She liked the books. She liked the characters. She she liked pushing the, the, the envelope. So because of her, there's all this stuff in the show. And yet, yes, I do think of it very much as my show since I was responsible for the scripts, but I realize there's, all sorts of other people. If the voice direction had been something a little to the side, if you know, if the artists had a, had a little bit different vision of where it was going, I didn't have control over them then. I mean, I could have you know jumped up and down and written nasty faxes, <laughs> but I could. You know, there was a limit. We all. It was such a modest budget and such a tight schedule. We were all working and writing and drawing as fast as we could. And shoveling it out there, hoping that it st stayed together as a coherent piece of television. And you just had to kind of uh, be thankful for the kindness of strangers and kindness of colleagues that it all held together that way. Yeah. So yeah. we didn't come into the new consultancy with any illusions that if, if, if we look at a story and we think, oh, God, you know, that's not what I would have done. We can say that out loud and we can give the note. But, you know, it's going to it's going to be what it's going to be. And, uh, you know, we you know, will do all we can. But uh, it, and it is it is a new it is a new year. We're, we're, we're talking when we were doing our 1992 show, when we were discussing differences between what we were doing and what, say, the very earliest X-Men uh, books were from the early 60s. We were discuss discussing, well, ours is kind of like a, a garage band. Uh, versus Pat Boone. I mean, it was, if you look at the early books, they are gentler, simpler, younger, a uh, bunch of white American teenagers. Uh, much more innocent time. Yeah, much yeah. more innocent, you know, uh, wisecracking at each other, uh, you know, and, you know, and, St and Stan, you know, was born in the 20s and grew up in the 30s and 40s. And, his idea of a bunch of guys, you know, a team hanging together was going to be different from mine, you know, a guy who grew up in the 60s and 70s. Right. It's just, there's just, there's going to be, there's going to be an evolution. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's for the better. Just think, just think how much, how, how shocked and pleased we'll be if the reviews come in and they say, well, 
the one in the 90s was 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 pretty amazing but this new one blows it out of the water i don't know what i'll do then you know, go 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 back to my room and cry no. but we'll, sit there and accept the accolades yeah, so, that's so what they do. then we'll take credit for it there you go so just to, just to clarify your broadcast standards person is the is the person we have to thank for sexy rogue Right. Absolutely. Oh, every, yeah. bit, every bit of that. And yeah. sexy gambit. Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now, Julie, oh, you're you're chomping at the bit there. What are, what are you? I am. I am. Let me circling back to to Allison Court and sure. and the kerfuffle maybe that yeah. she's going to come back as a voice for the show. Which again, these are the voices I hear in my head when I see any image of an X Men. Right. I mean, I love Hugh Jackman, but I still hear Cal Dodd. <laughs> Here's a story that I don't know if, if, if has been shared with you yet, but if you, if you think about what X-Men, the animated series was and still is, it is a found family. It's a team of people of all different colors, all different races working together. And back then, just to show you for the folks who are concerned about those kinds of changes behind the scene, those kinds of shifts, uh, a big thing that happened in the first episode, first two episodes of X-Men was the death of the character Morph. Spoiler alert, but the death of the character Morph. And that the whole point of Morph's death, and I still can't believe you managed to pull this off, but it was to show heroic sacrifice in the Greek myth sense. Right. That there are right. consequences in this universe. And if there weren't that sacrifice of the Morph character, the show itself wouldn't have had the same heft. Things wouldn't have had the same level of, of uh, intensity or, or threat. Jeopardy consequence. Right. With that, the decision was had to be made, okay, so, oh, we're going to, we choose to sacrifice an X-Men in the first two episodes to, sh to set up the stakes. Now, who is that character going to be? Yeah, and, then we, and we looked it up, and one of the people that did it in, in the mid-'70s. In the books. In the books. We tried to pull everybody from the books, was Thunderbird. So when the first script, Night of the Sentinels, was written, the Morph character was Thunderbird. Native American character yeah, and, who sacrificed himself in the books. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, this will be a connection for the for the people where he's gonna he's gonna fight really hard and, and die a glorious heroic mm -hmm. death. Well, we'd written that and they they'd drawn the character <laughs> and it was, you know, they're ready to go into the storyboard. Somebody, and we don't remember who, and I don't think we ever found out directly, but somebody in administration at, at Fox looked at it and said, wait a minute, your only Native American character you've got in the X-Men and, and you're going <laughs> to shoot him in the first story and kill him. Is this, you know, is this politically, so... Is this what you want to do? Yeah. Kind of political awareness and the, the woke worry and all this, this business about uh, those kind of concerns have been with us forever. Yes. Certainly in television where, you know, you couldn't say pregnant on I Love Lucy <laughs> because it was so... It will horrify the children. Couldn't but even so, put them in the same bed. Yeah, no. right. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. married. They couldn't put them in the same bed. Yeah. But so with that concern, you then had to come up with another character. So we, we looked and and then Larry Houston came up with, with Changeling. And we used Changeling and got a letter from the uh, attorney saying, wait a minute, DC has a Changeling. Can you use a different? So we just we but just. But wait, no. DC's character is five years younger. Yeah, but they said yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, you know, lawsuit. We don't want a lawsuit. So change this again. So Thunderbird became change and became morph, 
And we had to make those adjustments basically for political reasons. But on the fly as well. On the fly. And we don't think it really affected the storytelling. I think that what I, I think that that people's concerned about how uh, it, about if somebody's going to have different issues, you're starting off with the X-Men as possibly the most inclusive series in the history of television. Sure. Yep. And so you, it's just as a basic, it's a basis. You've got a group of people, all of whom are, are looked askance at and disliked and just because pushed of who away they are, and just attacked because of how they were born. just because of how they were born. So you've got that. It's not like something you have to add to the X-Men to make it interesting. Right. It's their very nature. So I don't think you can make it more inclusive a show. I don't think you can make it a more diverse show because uh, we happen to make it half female, half male. It's just it wasn't. There was not an agenda. We, there was no crazed feminist, uh, you know, <laughs> in the in the team saying you got to have that because really we we have gotten the other in in the eighties, nineties, thousands. When we're doing other shows, we'll develop a show and say, okay, here's a team. There's seven people. There's four guys, three women. And they said, no, 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 no. We just need like six guys and a Smurfette. You know, they, 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 they said, no, we're told by our, uh, you know, the toy, pe- people. the toy people that, you know, gir- that, that girl toys don't sell. So get rid of all these. We, we've been actually get pushed the other way. We've been given our marching orders. You got to get rid of these female characters. You've got too many. The they don't fl- sell. The flip yeah. side of that now, though, is that back in 92, there was not social media and the internet. Right. <laughs> and I can only well, imagine what that would have looked like back then that, and, oh yeah. and this. So it's, I we mean, are it's, very grateful that we weren't. We are so we grateful. <laughs> we, got none of that, we got none of that pressure. Put yeah. a little button on the Thunderbird cap. Sure. And, and again, I think that was a, a, a moment of sensitivity that is not a bad thing. That was not a bad thing to say uh, the show only has one Native American character. We're going to kill him off. No. Right. But if you watch the opening credits at the very end, when everyone's charging and he shows up in a cameo, or you have them charging at each other on the good guy side, on the bad guy side, there is a Native American character, but it's his twin brother Warpath. The reason it's his twin brother Warpath is because they'd already designed designed Thunderbird. And it, sa- and, and it and, saved them a half a day yeah. of designing some <laughs> random villain to put on the villain side. So it was. So there you go. It yeah. was an, an economy for, for animation's sake. But so those kinds of accommodations get made always in this kind of collaborative medium and i i don't want folks to 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 focus on the the to get worried about the wrong details again if it's a detail that matters to you i'm not going to argue but we still have five years of x-men the animated series to go back and enjoy right that still exists so and and i don't and i don't think they're going to change the nature of any of the characters or the you know from uh, it's from what we see these are this is a group of people that have grown up absolutely admiring and loving and respecting the, sh- the show that they're now doing a continuation of. So you've got true believers in the, in the core of the creative team who don't want someone to come in and, and turn this into something that our show wasn't. Right. Our show wasn't. Right. How, so how, whatever, much, how much conversation yeah. have you had in that regard or, or the expectations management type of thing with Bo DeMeo? Because you know he's he's coming in, he's the one in charge, he's you know young kid full of juice. What's what's yeah. he going to bring to the table here? If y'all, if, or, you... he's a great he's a great person. Yeah. We really really like Bo. We can't get too deep in the weeds with you, 
beyond to say we know Bo, we talk to Bo, we like Bo. He <laughs> loves the X Men. Yeah, and, you and, know this is and, a good thing. And and we and we we're we're the best of our knowledge caught up on a lot of the stuff that's been uh, either drawn or written so far or proposed. Yeah, proposed, and we've given some you know reaction to it, and it's been a real it's been real healthy. It hasn't been like well, you know, thanks guys. Yeah, it hasn't been a pat on the. It hasn't been like, thanks, old people. (laughs) We'll we'll do our show. Thank you very much. No, they were. They were. As of today, we are all happy and good, and and, and and, continue to be happy. And and to flip it, as the person who was frantically trying to get a show done in 1992, (laughs) and was getting notes from Stan Lee, you know, about uh, about a character or about a story or about ideas for the show. I don't, you know, I. I I don't want to be I don't want to be intrusive. Sure. I want I want to be heard, but I do realize that that you know if if the show is a huge success, it's going to be Bo's success. If 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 it gets if there's problems with it, Bo's going to get the crap for it. I, I get I get this kick back and ride it out and be an elder <laughs> statesman either way. So, so I don't the show... have that much. If the show succeeds, somebody can start putting together uh, a little a little congratulatory ads running around that says "Bo knows the X Men." That's it. <laughs> Very good. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Can, 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 can he use that? That's a, that's a deep gonna, cut. Yeah, you have that one for free. Can you charge that? <laughs> charge him a little for that one because that's good. Oh, that's well, okay. So on on the flip side of the concerns, what are you excited about with this opportunity to come back and revisit this particular team of of the X Men, this iteration of it? Again, five years ago, it was a fantasy that anyone even remembered. X-Men the Animated Series to begin with. We have discovered that a lot of people the do. The deep love for it, and, yeah. and we've been asked over time, you know, what would you have done or what what would you think would be fun to do? And more times than not, you, you've even said, well, it'd be nice to pick up where the show ended. Yeah. And it's X-Men 97. It's picking up where the show ended. So I mean, that's, 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 that's half, of, that's half that's, of it right there. Right. That's half of the, the, the satisfaction. Yeah. And and it's 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 funny looking back at this, I the thing that I connect it to because they're all the movies now, is is for me is Star Trek. When I was really little, uh, I remember being blown away. You know that September night in 1966 when this strange new thing was on television. And as I've gone through all the what ten series and and dozen movies or whatever. Um, my deepest affection is still for the original series. So whatever happens with this, I'm more curious. It's almost like um, I'm curious to see what, you know, team six and team seven and team eight does what it's like with the movies. Some of the movies I thought have been pretty wonderful. And some of them are, Oh my God, that's not what I would have done. Uh, So, so there's, there's been a whole range of reaction to what was done with the characters that we lived with and breathed with and loved for five years. Yeah. And now, now that somebody else is, is, is running with them and doing their version with them. So, and they're doing the version that we ourselves thought, Oh, wouldn't that be great if they picked up where the show laughed up yeah. and that's what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> now okay. I, yeah. I saw, I saw an interview with you guys uh, talking about how long this has been in development actually, because it got announced in November 
But this right. thing has been in the works for a while. When did they first contact you and sit there and say, hey, we want you to be a part of this thing? How long have you had to sit on this? Well, it had been in the ether. It had well, okay. been in the ether, and they did call us a, a little a little while before the you know a while before the announcement. They, 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 yeah, and and we all signed ND, NDAs, and we're we, all going. We, yeah, we really and Larry happening. did, and, 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 and voice talent and such. We, you don't want to. What's the pro, what what caught not what caught us, but what surprised us was the big announcement on November twelfth. We were not necessarily, we knew that was going to happen, but we didn't know that X-Men 97 was going to be, was going to have that kind of impact on people or that it was going to be one of the big things they announced that day, right. honestly. And then things just kind of exploded uh, <laughs> at that point, at least for us on our end with people going, are you really, is this happening? Are you involved? What do you know? And it's, it's sort of been playing catch up since then. Uh, just getting our feet under under ourselves and uh, being as helpful as we can be yeah. with the folks who, re the, again, the, the crew on X-Men 97, they love the X-Men. Yeah. And that's been wonderful. And, and, and if you think about it, Marvel is, is such a big, huge place now. And yeah. they, they're they really clever about, I mean, they've got so many IPs. They've got so, this huge universe. It's just expanding like crazy, which would drive me crazy if I were... <laughs> create you know uh made trying to be a you know creative executive at the place because it was hard enough for me to just keep track of the people that had been in the x-men comic universe that already that's dozens and hundreds of characters that they developed over 30 years that we had to try to pick and choose and decide how to manage those folks and and use them in stories they've got that you know times 20 as they expand as they're getting all the other comics together and starting to overlap them and questions of, you know, are, are, is the main MCU going to overlap with the X-Men MCU? And there are massive things, you know, uh, projects that they're probably planning. They're probably five years in advance that they're planning. We, we know, we know that they realized early on looking back at how successful uh, our series had been that, that, that this was something that they were going to get to. Well, but we, we'd but, we, but, we assume they. But back in, I'd say, say in 2017, when we couldn't get anybody on the phone, which I say, we'd like to write, or 2016 when I started, yeah. I'd like to write a book about our experience in the X-Band. And the word back was, well, the, the rights are still split between two or three people, between Fox and and uh, Marvel, Marvel and Disney. And, you know, um, so nobody wants to bother with developing anything, you know, and that new animated X-Band show because it would just be a it would just be a uh, a business fight, and nobody's gonna put money into something they don't control the rights to. So and nobody wanted to help with a yeah. book about a show. So we like. just did that book on our own. You know, Marvel was just nobody was interested. <laughs> it made sense at the time, just just from a business standpoint. They're not going to put their heart and soul and money into something that they might not be able to produce. So as soon as the word got out, you know, like three years ago, that. Uh, that the rights were coming back together, that Disney was buying Fox, and that way all the rights would come back together to where they could do a show. There was just, we do we sense rumblings like, they know that they're going to want to do one. Now they have to start getting their executive team in place to start planning for it right. so they can figure out where, it, and they pro they'd probably been planning the Disney Channel for three or four years oh, by that please. point. Yeah. All these things were coming together. And one of the, uh, something that we love to, to to nudge our friends about because 
you know, they say, oh, you know, you write cartoons off to the side. It's, I know it's not as glamorous as parts of television, parts of Hollywood. But when we saw, uh, uh, before the Disney Channel came out, about three, four months before the channel premiered. Yeah, she's going to look it up. It's, it's online somewhere. Yeah. Uh, they, the Disney uh, Marvel contacted the fans. It went out in social media and said, of all the hundreds of things that Disney and Marvel, and by that time they owned all the Lucas stuff and all the Pixar stuff, you know, the Star, Star Wars stuff, every Pixar movie, every Disney animated show, every Disney animated movie. Of all the things. Can't see it from here, but there it is. Kaviva <laughs> doing the Disney yeah. launch said, title tweets interest. They said, when, when the Disney Channel comes out in six months, what are you as a fan the most excited to see? And the, out of the first hundred, the one at the very top, by some measure, was X-Men the Animated Series. It wasn't, the <laughs> it, Mandalorian. Was, it wasn't It wasn't Star Wars movies. It wasn't X-Men movies. It wasn't all the other Marvel mm -hmm. movies. It wasn't Pixar yeah. movies. It was our little TV show yeah. was the thing that the fans were most jazzed about. Well, that's like 20 minutes of market research. If they could figure that out, you know they're going to want to do a show. You know they're going to put some serious money and time into doing a new show if just, that's if that's the way the fans are talking. So that we didn't anticipate being a part of it though. Yeah, yeah, just we, we, we just said, works. okay, good, they're gonna make a show that's at nuts. that point. Then, you know, sometime before November, uh, they contacted us and said, you right, you guessed right. We are we are uh, putting a lot of money and time into into building up a team to make a show. Would you guys like to consult? And we said, yes, we would. We'd love to. Because it was 20, 2018. It was shortly after Eric's book came out about previously on X-Men. And, and we did this without any network support or studio support. But, but got, got an email from a um, fellow in charge of licensing at Marvel. And our hearts sank just assuming they were going to you know, slap us down with a hammer. Going to sue us or something for doing a book without their participation. Instead, right, the, the was, rights and the permissions and yeah, the first book, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was wonderful. The fellow there said, "No, they, everyone in the office really enjoyed previously on X Men," and asked us now that Disney now Marvel that the rights were about to come back together, would we like to do a book that about had the art that had all with the rights to put all the the visuals with it? Because we couldn't because do that there was nothing wrong with doing an interview book and a history book of an event there's nobody has the rights to that so we were able to do the first one legally but we couldn't show all this glorious yeah. stuff from the show right you know hundreds of pages of glorious yeah. stuff from the show because we didn't have the rights to do that yeah. now but the guy said look we're about to have them back together we want you guys to do it so, so would you consider doing the book yeah so now suddenly wow. we realized aha they fixed all this they're going to start exploiting i guess the word they start using what they have with X-Men, the animated series going forward. So then we spent a year and a half going through old old storage locker units. And because again, X-Men was done pre-computer. These were all hand-painted right. cells, you know, like a hundred, hundred thousand <laughs> hand paintings per, per episode. And 99.9% .9 of that had just been thrown away. Yeah. See, that, so and, that's, and that's the other thing, too. You look at process from then to now and cell animation and the new stuff now with CG and flash animation and a lot of this interpolation where we're going to give you this, this cell and this cell and then the computer comes up with all the in-betweens. And it makes for some pretty clunky animation. And I know some people are sitting there going, 
Well, I really hope it looks like the old show. Even even though there are some points in the old show where the animation is not quite up to snuff, but we'll own that. We know that. We but the, we, oh, yeah, but, but the but the idea of the look, yeah. you know, the traditional cell animation look, that's just as important. I would expect that that the fans are sitting there, you know chomping at the bit wanting to see what this thing looks like because it's got to look like the show not just feel like the show the stories are going to be the same it has to look the same yeah 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 and then we and we agree and we think that they you know we were on a uh, a when we first were introduced to the whole team because you know we're dealing with covet as well oh, through all this yeah. uh there are about 60 people from the current team that are making the show online with us and with larry when we were introduced to the to, to the creative team and very tiny thumbnail and they, you can imagine there were all these people these designers that had been working on the look and making and they had a little bit of an animatic you know they they, they show you, you what you see in that that uh that logo that you got that they that they put out that's 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 okay to talk about <laughs> you can see that the design is really very close and they're very it's very much 2d cell looking animation mm-hmm. if you looked at say the what they just came out with the what if series right that was spectacular high budget beautifully animated but a very completely different look yes yeah. very very you know uh like uh, action uh capture motion capture more look than than what the, they very specifically have made this look as close to our show as is humanly possible in 2022 the 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 thing on top of that is uh we we kid we kid them because they to our to our eyes have such a huge budget and such a huge time yeah you know to we we were like okay you've got you got seven months till airtime to quick, create a show quick create a show and and animate 13 of them hand-drawn yeah. go mm. and you know they're spending a couple of years uh making and and we we assume from the materials we're seeing from the size of their staff, you know, four or five times our budget. So it's going to look beautiful and it's going to be much slicker uh, animation than we had. But as you say, they all want it to feel, they want fans to feel like they've left episode 76 and now they're looking at episode 77. They yeah, don't want right. to feel there's a, that's why it's, the, the same you're seeing the same team there you don't want to think like who are these new seven people you know in in the expansion you want it to be uh and and references to previous stories mm-hmm. you know you, you want you, you want that connection so you can believe that get, even though it's a much higher budget they're going to want to want to give it a look to where there's a continuation for the viewer now you mentioned what if as as the animated we've talked about other animated projects that are in the works although we don't really have any details on any of those with this one being one of them but with the mcu and the multiverse and you know now like you say you know fox and and all of those rights come back in house and and we're almost 100 percent one big family again i think i think hulk is still over at universal or namor somewhere else and somewhat but now that all of this is back, what are the possibilities? And I'll ask it this way so I don't, we don't get you, get you in trouble. What are the possibilities 
of this X-Men team showing up someplace else? Oh. I, we don't know. We, we, you know we, we don't know. We don't know. It makes sense that that uh, uh, that since the rights have uh, reverted, that there's now there's not a legal barrier to this team. Uh, you know, it seems like from the outside, from an from an amateur's uh, perch, that we could do that. I mean, we remember when we were doing our show, uh, there, we, we 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 didn't have the rights to put almost anybody <laughs> besides the group that we've been. We we had when we wanted to do a show that the guest starred Captain America. That was a month long negotiation, and we had to get special legal permission to have him in that one yeah. that one episode. So yeah. that was a big deal. We mentioned something about Spider Man, and that didn't go anywhere. Even though Fox was doing Spider Man as a sister show, you know, right after the X Men, and even though they had X Men on Spider Man, and later, la- later, the, our, the Spider Man folks asked. And they did get uh, dispensation yeah. <laughs> to, to use like three of our characters on their show for a crossover. But it was at the time was a big legal clunky headache of a thing. I, I I think you're right. Now you know the walls are down, and it's just the I think the only thing keeping them from just going hog wild is the creative challenge of servicing all these people. Yeah. I mean just. Just servicing all the Avengers in one movie is enough. Just servicing eight or nine X-Men with eight or nine criminals in a 22-minute yeah. in a, in a story. You know, it's 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 a lot of it's a, it's a lot of juggling. And to me, it just was one of the bigger headaches of the show. I kept on trying to make the story smaller and break them down into groups of two or three people so we could spend more time with the individual characters. So the idea of mixing and matching, people have been asking that. Like, are the Avengers and the X-Men universe is going to come together in some big fusion explosion um, of IP. It just, as a story writer, it just makes my head hurt. <laughs> the idea of trying to, trying to just manage that. It's just, uh, and, and, and be, be reasonably respectful to each of the individual dozens of characters that you're throwing together in the same, in the same soup. Sure. Now, now that this has has blown up, and you guys are in demand everywhere as far as interviews and conventions and stuff, <laughs> you you mentioned earlier, Eric, that this was the job. You did the job. You moved on. You've done other stuff: Hercules, RoboCop, you know, uh, Dream Defenders, all all of these different shows that you've you've gone on and you've done different things. And now you're coming back here full circle to X Men. Has this opened up additional opportunities for other projects that maybe might not have been possible without the revival of the X-Men? Are you guys working on other things? Uh, and can, can you we, talk about them? How about that? How about, how about we'll, we'll, we'll claim um, can't, nothing, to, nothing to talk about here. Yeah, nothing we'll do our Sar- Sar- Sergeant Schultz uh, <laughs> uh, business. But it's sure. But that's not, that's uh, we like the way you think. We like the way you think. That was certainly, <laughs> we certainly, uh, as as Larry Houston said, who is a couple of years my senior, so he's a little further into semi-retirement. Uh, you know, he said the only the only thing that would get me get him out of his nice quiet semi-retirement would be uh, you know an exciting Marvel project. That's that's the only thing that would get. So 
you know, that's the thing about this after looking back after 30 years of these, um, we are much more selective in, in what, you know, what we think would be sure. uh, exciting and what would be worth the effort and the focus. Uh, but if this can open up something that's part of this world, that would be, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And we absolutely, absolutely be up for it. Yeah. Um, we got file cabinets over there. Yeah. We, we got ideas. We got, we got a few stories. <laughs> we got a few stories left. Yeah. Now, was there anything in the original the original animated series that you were not able to do stories you wanted to tell you didn't get a chance to that maybe now that the show is back you're sitting there saying, "Hey, uh, we got this. We got this. We got this piece of paper in the filing cabinet. Let me let me hand it to you here. Nudge, nudge." It's funny you ask that. Uh, we have had conversations with Bo specifically about some things that. Oh, oh. What, That's what, all I'm gonna say. Yeah, we're, but we have. Been, yeah, would it be fun to take that. this character? Remember this, when this happened? That, what did yeah. that happen? Remember when this happened? We decided not to take the character in that direction, but yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you could now. Yeah. You know, maybe it was something that was that was way too adult for Fox Kids. Yeah. But now, since it's Disney Channel, they have a, the, the rules are looser, so there. The, I'm sure there are stories with this group that. That we could that we could attack that uh, we really weren't available to us uh, when, but that's you know, we'll just we'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, he, he, he's he's wonderfully open. I mean, he, we can we can pitch stories all 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 day, and and he take them and he consider them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just that that really was we were brought it on brought on more to to react to to what they what they have and help them improve it and catch them when they may be going in a, in a direction that we, we don't think right. is right so yeah. it's it the consultant thing <laughs> is more i just want to be specific about it is is a little bit different muscle a little different perspective than being you know we're not we're not part of the writing team we're sure, not part of sure. the we're not part we're not in the room you know, part of the writer's room. Yeah, you're there. You're there to give notes and and provide advice yeah. and and feedback and and that sort of thing. Sure. And to be you know, be fresh eyes because sometimes you can really get that. We remember this. You get into the 70, 80 hours a week, and you just get wound up in it, and and, you, and it, it really feels right to you. And somebody from the outside can just take a quick look and say, "Wait a minute. Oh, there's a hole in the story." Or, yeah. You, 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 this these two guys wouldn't can't. interact this way. Yeah. Can't. And, oh. and you go, oh, yeah. So we're, we're trying to be we're trying to be fresh eyes. Well, and I, I imagine that the the opportunity for more serialized stories is there. I mean, you guys were doing it early, uh, yeah. you know, among among the various different shows that were out at the time. You know, yeah. you guys were doing some some story arcs. Deep Space Nine was doing it. There was was starting to experiment with that. And it really wasn't until the late 90s into the 2000s when most of the television shows decided, hey, let's tell this one long big story. And now you've got binge watching and you've got 10 episodes and they're all connected and you can watch them all at once. And it's this big 10, 12 hour movie. And I would imagine that the opportunities for serialized stories are going to be greater with this show. But 
on the flip side of that, we also see a lot of these shows returning back to the weekly release format. We're not going to drop 10 at a time. We're going to do it one, one, one week at a time. And we have shows like Strange New Worlds, for example, which is going to go back to an episodic type of feel where you still have a little bit of the of the arc, but they're going to be, you know, standalone shows. Do, is Can we expect X-Men 97 to be a good mix of both? Possibly. We, I think we're a little pat. I think we're beyond we're, our I ability think, to I, chat okay. about I think, that. I think we're a little over the red line there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fair but but those, those are valid so, you know, those, those, those are things that are, that are very much present in the minds of the creative folks that are, that are, that are setting this up. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it is, it is fun to watch uh, in 2022. You know these guys going through, going through that. Yeah. Well, I think given given the fact that the creators of the sh- of the original show are satisfied and happy with the the people who are making the new show, I think that's going to reassure a lot of people. So. Yeah. I yeah. hope so. I hope it does because truly we are we yeah. very pleased with the whole. Th- I still can't believe it's happening. Still can't believe we get to be a part of it. It's yeah. it's it's very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, it is. And there was, you can imagine it was it was there was genuine fascination and anxiety on the part of the people making the new show <laughs> when they showed us the or the designs like you've got up there of, of the new show and, and showed us what little they had. They had a little bit of animatic uh, and that they could see our reaction in real time. They could see whether, you know, Larry was frowning or whether Larry was, I, you know, you know who had helped design the whole, our whole world before mm-hmm. was watching to see what, you know, what they'd drawn. And it was, it was a sincere level of appreciation. Like we didn't know what this was going to look like. This could have, this could have nauseated us. This could have uh, scared us to death, but no, it was like Larry as an artist was looking at the new stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, I, I can see why they did that. And look at the way. So there was a, there was a sincere creator's reaction to what, what we've been able to look at that, you know, we've been pleased so far and, you know, you got to say, you never, you never know till the show comes out because yeah. there's so many, there's so many, it's such a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been involved in shows where we get, 80, 90% of the stuff right, uh, and the right people in the right places, and there's just a clunk or two, and we look back and say, well, this didn't quite catch on, we don't know why, we, we worked just as hard, so you never know until, it's like a piece of music, until it comes out, whether people can respond or not, Right. but we think all the elements are there, mm-hmm. and there was nothing, there was nothing negative that made us kind of you know, grit our teeth or, or look sideways that we've seen yet. So, uh, so we're, we're very happy with what we've seen so far. Well, that's, that's very reassuring. And I want to, I want to, I, I know certain things can't be talked about yet, but when the show does come out, hopefully things open up again and we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely revisit this conversation if you guys want. And, oh, you know, you. between now and then, maybe, maybe we get a chance to talk about some of the other stuff that you've done, you know, the Robocop and young Hercules and, <laughs> and all of that. Uh, so, uh, so we'll, yeah. we'll hope for that and, uh, wait with bated breath to, to see X-Men 97 when it hits probably sometime in late 2023 ish. 
maybe? 2023. 2023. All right. Uh, in the meantime, y'all enjoy your, your X-Men bunker there and, and the, the fruits of your labor. Oh, and If folks can follow us. Yes. Let me, yes. let me pull that up because I have that. Ah. All right. So here they are on Instagram. X-Men T-A-S is the yep. Instagram account. And it's the nice. same over on Twitter. So you can find yep. them there. And uh, uh, we do appreciate you spending some time oh, with us. So. And we're on Facebook, and we have a web address, xmentas.com, where a lot of blog posts and things are available for fans. So okay, and, and we will put all of those links in the show notes so people can find you there and connect with you. And we'll definitely uh, definitely have you back. Eric and Julia mm -hmm. Leewald, thanks very much for being here. Oh, and thank good, you so much. Thank you, Jason. Good a new fun. show. Thank you. If you unsubscribe to our podcasts, our legion is doomed. Be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. All right, there we go. X-Men 97 production is underway. And we do have uh, Lenore Zan posting over on uh, her socials that she has already started recording. She's got uh, the first three episodes in hand. So the recording is going on as we speak. And the Kenobi trailer is out. So we'll take a look at that. Should we record a reaction? Since Mrs. Boss has been making so much noise about when we're going to get a Kenobi trailer, should we get a react a reaction video from her? Possibly, maybe. I don't know. And uh, Sci-Fi Snob, I don't get the impression that this is going to be CalArt style at all. Uh, uh, <laughs> thankfully, um, uh, Manny, the song in the background it is part of our music library that we get over at Storyblocks.com. It's a uh, it's an ACDC inspired track, uh, but I don't know that uh, I don't know that it necessarily has a particular title. Well, it doesn't have a title that you would you recognize. AC Rock versus DC is is what the track is called. Robert, is this live? We are live now. The interview that we had with the Lee Walls was not, uh, but uh, we are live now. The Kenobi trailer is live now. We're gonna take a look at that now. Um, here's the question. Did you, those of you who sat sat through the interview, did you catch my grievous error? And I and I I know grievous is not a uh, not a, a an intended pun, <clears throat> but um, I'm gonna do penance for this. I'm sure. Uh, because Mrs. Boss and I were talking about this uh, this interview uh, last evening, and she asked me a question that really made me kind of do a a double take and and bash myself over the head in remorse because there was a question that I didn't ask. And I don't know if any of you caught it or not, the absence of the question. I have since 
uh, remedied that I've sent an email as a follow-up because I had to send links to the show to, to let them know, to let Eric and Julia know where the show was going to be. But I neglected to ask probably the most important priority A1 question that everybody is probably asking about X-Men 97. And I feel very, very badly about it. I didn't ask if they were keeping the theme. And I'm sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. I, 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 you know, I get caught up in the conversation and the conversation goes where it goes. And my my inclination although i don't have anything to back this up so don't don't quote me on this i'm guessing speculating but given the fact that uh the first episode of x-men 97 will be as if we're looking at the 77th episode of x-men the animated series i would think i would hope that we'll get the opening that we had before. I would hope. We'll know in 2023. And if I do get an email back from Eric and Julia in the meantime, uh, with regard to that, uh, I will, I will share that with you. But uh, I, I will admit to a significant amount of embarrassment over not asking that question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to go look at the Kenobi trailer. We're going to go look at some of the other stuff that uh, that Disney dropped during their annual investor meeting today. I think it's still going on. Let me check. Um, but uh, it is. It is still going on. So we're going we're gonna to pop in on that and see what's going on there. And uh, go take a look at uh, go take a look at the. Um, kenobi trailer let us know what you think find us over on social media and uh, of course you can uh, leave us a comment sign up for our newsletter uh, if you want to send money our way we've got a paypal and a subscribe star account and that's fine we're on 10 different social media accounts so you can find us everywhere except tiktok tumblr and snapchat never gonna happen we were on tumblr once not going back all right. For those of you who are new to the channel, if you're just finding us, we do invite you to subscribe, turn your notifications on, hit that bell. And uh, if you want to tap the thumbs up on your way out, feel free to share this video, or any of the other videos that we've got here. And we will be back to do this all again tomorrow. James will be here and we'll talk about the latest episode of Superman and Lois here live from the bunker. In the meantime, remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.